welcome back to Establish the Collection. It is episode 30. We took a month-long break to uh, to catch up on life. A few things happened for Gary. We enjoyed the holidays with our friends and family, but we are back. You could not get rid of us that easily. Of course, I am Cody Main, joined as always by Gary Hartman. Gary, how's it going, buddy? Happy New Year, Cody. Cheers to you. Cheers to um, you, Gary. Yeah, man. Happy New Year. Uh, lots going on. A lot going on in your life, in my life. I uh, Since we've last spoken, which I believe we released our last podcast on December 6th, we're recording this on what is about to turn January 5th, so exactly a month off. And uh, I got married. Um, I My sister had a baby, so I'm a new nephew. Um, and just enjoying the new year, uh, just enjoy You know, we're winding down the football season, but happy that life has calmed down since the wedding. I, you can see I'm having a beer on the podcast. Usually I have a <laughs> seltzer because I was on my wedding diet, wedding diet, no more. Um, but happy to be back, excited to chop it up. And there's been a lot that's happened in the hobby since we've last been here. So, so, so a lot to get to. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm happy to see you having a beer. The, uh, the immediate of, uh, letting yourself go oh, yeah. the second that you get married, that's, that's how it should happen, man. So she's, yeah. she's forced to love you regardless of how you look. <laughs> <laughs> so, so enjoy as many heavy and uh, dark beers as you would like. Yep. That's the, uh, that's the idea. We went to Columbia right after, uh, the wedding as like a mini moon to Cartagena. It's a, it's a great city. I can't recommend it enough. It's really like only four hours from the east, like, uh, you know, the east coast or, or the northeast and um, great mix of like food and culture and like beach. And it, it was awesome. And I just ate my face off like a ton of uh, great fish, but just like plantain chips and just I ate whatever the hell I wanted. Um, and we'll see how long it gets going. I mean, my excuse is it's freezing outside. I can't really go outside for a run. I guess I can go to the gym. But you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not like old school Cody Maine who was uh, hitting the gym every single day. And you know, chopping it up and, and pumping the iron. It's so. funny that you bring that up because I, I'm I'm the furthest thing from like a resolutions guy. I, I could care less about a New Year's resolution, but we just happened to, uh, ironically, at the end of the year, get uh, a new gym for our home. So oh, I nice. am no longer going with the pandemic and like all that stuff. I just had no desire to go back to a gym. And now with three kids, it's just like no, not enough time in the world to go to a gym anymore. So we finally got a bench set and some weights and a barbell awesome. and all that stuff. So. Yeah, I, I'm getting back to uh, to fitness level, Cody Main, after letting myself go for the past like three years, yeah, just grinding we'll, uh, my face off. So we'll be the swole cast soon enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but what, what else is up? Anything else going on in your life? Or no, not a whole lot. I mean, shout out to me for for the sign in the background. Yeah, my wife, that. my wife gifted me uh, an incredible gift from her, with with the help of her father, with my father in law, um, made this sign for me. So Adam. Levitan, if you're listening, eat your heart out, bro. But your sign is not nearly <laughs> as good as mine. No, that's that's I, been uh, about it, man. Just just trying to uh, take a little break. It's been it's been good to okay. kind of just reset. Uh, it's been a crazy NFL season. I know you're grinding your face off now with NBA. So, uh, yeah, the the month off from the collectibles pod was nice, uh, kind of reinvigorating. And and we were just talking. We kind of wanted to just chill and and shoot the shit and kind of just catch up. But the hobby didn't really give us that opportunity, did it? Because no, Monday night, <laughs> as we were thinking of show topics, uh, we get kind of another bombshell dropped from Fanatics. So why don't you take it from there? What's going on in the world of Fanatics and Tops? Yeah, so obviously, you know, Fanatics gained all the licensing for, you know, our major leagues in America, which we, you know, have spoken about at length, uh, you know, at the end of the the last calendar year. And this was what, what happened this past week was something we anticipated could happen. I did not see it coming this soon. I thought it would be closer to when those licenses went into effect, when Tops would be really be in trouble. But Fanatics went out and bought Tops, uh, officially reported uh, this morning, last night, um, their $500 million. They went out and, and bought Tops, the company. So, 
really exciting stuff to know that all the licensing, not only baseball, but basketball and football will be uh, available in the tops brand. I would imagine that fanatics will be interested in keeping around those flagship brands and kind of to be able to take their overhead, take their infrastructure. So really exciting stuff there. And, you know, lots to speculate on, you know, now the ball's rolling with the first acquisition from fanatics. Yeah. I think that you bring up an interesting point there, the first acquisition. So do you, are you expecting there to be more? Is that kind of a, a thought that you've had now with, with tops being purchased, obviously that devalues Panini quite a bit. Uh, we had mentioned, I think when, when this first, this deal first broke with fanatics getting the licenses that there is some potential, maybe upper deck, uh, maybe others, maybe we finally get all of these iconic brands under one roof. Do you think that's, this is just the the first uh, shoot of fall in, in that happening? Ultimately, yes, I do think it is the first one. Um, I, I think we can expect to see something like Upper Deck uh, come around, you know, way sooner than something like Panini. Uh, I would hope so. That'd be great, man. If we can, if we like have three years to look forward to and get Topps Chrome and, ex- and, and Exquisite back in the same year, oh, I mean, that would just be amazing. <laughs> but uh, I think Panini is not as in as big of a rush, obviously. You know, they have a very successful um, company and products that they're continuing to roll out. But I do think this puts the pressure on them a little bit for, for this reason. Um, you know, we talk about Topps Chrome coming back. That was the flagship card for, you know, basketball and football for, for many, many years. You know, over the last six to seven years, that has become Panini Prism. You know, Panini doesn't want them th- that product to be devalued in any way, you know? And, and I think that they may feel a little pressure um, to make sure that they know that their legacy, that their company will have that value live on, um, knowing that, hey, their, their biggest competitor for what could be considered a flagship card of any sport um, is going to be coming back now. You know, and obviously they knew they were going to be losing this licensing at some point, but I'm sure um, they were hope that those brands live on, that their employees can be taken care of and all that. So uh, I don't know when it's going to happen. I would not expect it to happen as quickly. Tops was in a much more urgent uh, position, really only having baseball and, and Formula One and soccer to lean back on while Panini still dominates the domestic landscape of football and basketball. So Tops really needed to get this done, especially after their, um, you know, own uh, you know, Wall Street struggles, tried to go public, all that kind of stuff. They they were in way more of a dire position of need here. But I do ex- anticipate that ultimately, I do think, you know, whether it's in six months or two years down the line, I think all these brands will end up uh, under one roof. Yeah. And, and ultimately, from the business side, from the financial side for tops, this deal makes sense. You know, they were valued at 1.3 billion, I believe it was when their SPAC deal was set to go public just a few months ago before the FedEx deal with the uh, leagues was announced. 500 million and their employees are taken care of. Um, you know, I think, I think this was a, a deal made at the right time and being the first shoot to fall, I think it, it takes a less of a hit on them financially as a company. So yep. you mentioned F1, that's, that's gotta be great news for you. You know, the F1 legacy is going to live on. I want to, I want to take a quick tangent here because it's been so long that I don't think we even discussed the final race, which I know there was a lot of controversy. Is it top of mind enough for you after the wedding and the, sure. and the mini moon that you can discuss to me <laughs> as much as our listeners exactly what happened uh, and, and what you expect to be kind of the, the card fallout from that going forward? It is. It was absolutely crazy what happened. Um, if you don't know, I would just recommend going to watch on YouTube or, or read a recap or, or, or something of what happened about a month ago now. So it was the final race. Um, you know, basically it ended up becoming winner take all. So for mm-hmm. the driver's championship, whoever won this race between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton was going to be the F1 world champion uh, for 2021. And Lewis had the had the race in the, in the bag. A um, couple laps left, had a pretty insurmountable lead um, until... Uh, the worst driver on the grid spins out, (laughs) 
creates a crash. There's a red flag, um, meaning that the race basically pauses while there's a safety car that goes around. Now, those laps count towards the culmination of the race. So everyone on the back end is basically talking about, okay, how are they going to handle this? Will there be another racing lap here? If there is, it gave Merce- uh, sorry, it gives Red Bull and Max Verstappen a huge advantage. They were able to pit. Lewis couldn't really do that in the lead. So they were able to pit, get new tires on. And basically what happened was the FIA, which is like the, 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 the referees of the, the F1 you know, world, um, made a decision with uh, it's hard to explain without seeing the video, yeah. but made a decision basically at the last moment when um, Max had a chance to creep up right behind the safety car, right behind Lewis Hamilton, that they were going to just start the race, basically back <sighs> out of nowhere, um, and basically handed the, the race with one lap left to Max Verstappen. The best way I can 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 uh, maybe analogize this would be like if um, in, on a football field, um, you know, the – a player fumbles, loses the fumble, gets called, you know, basically the all the way back, return for, you know, whatever, brings it back to the two-yard line. Um, they review all of that, and they basically make up their mind to put the ball in a completely different spot than it never <laughs> was, um, and then gave the opportunity for the other team to win the game. And and just, like, basically took, took whatever the replay was or the review or whatever was happening and then moved it to a completely different part of the field and uh, changed something else up. So... There's a lot of controversy around that, obviously. Like, you know, were they trying to make this more of a Hollywood moment? Obviously, the Netflix series has been so successful. Um, what kind of power did that have? These are all real controversies that you have read out there. At the end of the day, Max Verstappen won the race, um, fair or square. He won it. He's the world champion. Good on him. And I don't think it'll be his last. Next season is going to be fascinating because there's a ton of rule changes coming. Um, and, you know, I think it's going to be pretty much a much uh, more even playing field, kind of like we're seeing in the NFL this year. A lot of parity, I think, coming to F1 next year, which will be a lot of fun. And, you know, the card market has been reflective of the popularity. I mean, it's it's more popular than ever, or really, really is. And, um, you know, we're still waiting on the 2021 Tops F1 to drop. I think they were supposed to come out towards December, you know, as most of these releases have, they've been pushed back, but I would expect to see that over the next couple of weeks too. And I think once that comes out, it's just going to keep the momentum rolling right into the new season four of Netflix Drive to Survive right into the start of next season, which I'm planning on hopefully knock on wood going to a couple of Grand Prix next year. So really excited oh, uh, wow. for that, nice. but just a crazy sport um, mix of entertainment value and, and obviously competition and, and, and skill, but uh, go check out what happened in the end of there and, and check out some of these F1 cards. Cause you know, they stay hot. Yeah. Even, even like for someone like myself who is just, you know, kind of tangentially following along and keeping interested because, because of your uh, interest in trying to keep up with it for the podcast. Uh, it took over Twitter. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, it, I mean, it was, it was the biggest thing that was happening uh, in that sports weekend. And, and anyone that you know, that was following sports was paying attention to that race and, and the end of that race. And just a quick glance at Verstappen stuff. Again, most of this stuff is still pretty raw, but everything is up across the board over the last 30 days, the last seven days. So like you mentioned, I think this momentum is just going to continue to roll in to next season. Uh, I'm seeing more and more people talk about the Netflix series now. So uh, clearly that's picking up steam as well. So Again, finding finding these niche sports sports that you are legitimately interested in, uh, and then can find some money making opportunities with the hobby aspect of it as well. Yeah, man, I ended up selling that purple Lewis Hamilton that you know we we discussed way back when uh-huh. on the pod for uh, about sixteen thousand dollars. Wow. Raw. 
Obviously, wow. a very nice chunk of change, right? Wow. Um, I actually think I I I could, should have waited, and I could have got more if I waited the yeah. season out as the as the sport grew more popular. Um, you know, it was out of ten. There was only so few, and um, basically, what happened was I saw that right after the national convention, and I think there was so much F one hype at the national convention. You saw F one take a huge mm -hmm. step up right when people got home, and. Um, I, that's when that that card sold basically got my best offer by a mile and i took it i don't regret yeah, obviously you know you don't look back at anything because kind of say like that with with real regret but um yeah man like i have some other stuff lewis max russell lando that like i know it's smart to sell when the season ramps back up and especially yeah. when the netflix series stops back up but like i am very bullish on this stuff like especially this first year 2020 top stuff and and knowing that it's under fanatics roof just to kind of put a bow on this like this is not going anywhere i i trust fanatics to know how important this is from an international standpoint what they're trying mm -hmm. to do from a hobby perspective like this is this stuff is here to stay and um i i will be doing a nice mix of um taking my 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 short-term gains and and kind of ha having a long-term portfolio in, in f1 yeah, I trust Michael Rubin and Josh Luber to understand how big this market is and all these markets are. These guys are cutthroat businessmen. Um, these deals that they're making uh, continue to impress me, but I'm I, I'm no longer shocked by anything that these guys no. are doing. So, uh, yeah, I, I think we're in good hands right now. It's it, it's to be determined what the product is ultimately going to look like and what the print runs will ultimately look like. But I think we have to feel pretty confident about where the hobby is with with Lubin and um, these guys in charge. So I feel I feel really good about that. Agreed. Agreed. All right, we got there's so much hobby stuff we need to catch up on. Uh, I, I do want to talk uh, PSA real quick because PSA did announce that their regular tier submission is reopening. It's reopening for $100 a pop, right up to $14.99 in value for each card. That's up from 20 previously, if if I remember right. So a big uh, jump. You, could, in... you were able to get ultra modern with the subscription for 10 a cut, 10 a pop. <laughs> oh, so this this is a huge jump, right? This is this is we've kind of been waiting for this to drop, and we've kind of been waiting for this uh, announcement as they continue to work through their backlog. What does this mean to you ultimately? This this hundred dollar tier. Um, are we going to see less base cards being graded going forward? Is this good ultimately for the hobby? Is this bad for the hobby? What what what's the ultimate ramifications for us as collectors? Um, I think short term it's good because you know it puts back on uh, the radar at least you know for people that can afford it the necessity or at least you know the 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 wherewithal to maybe get a thousand eleven hundred dollar card graded when it grades a 10 is worth 1200 whatever it is mm -hmm. if you have it sitting there that's worth 300 dollars in raw form it's still worth paying that extra hundred bucks to gain you know 800 dollars of value right so you know you have that available to you now which is which is important um i don't think it's the place we ultimately want to be i understand they're still trying to clear their black their backlog they've done a good job doing most of that i think where we ultimately want to be though is like a 50 to 75 dollar tier which i still think would keep out the, the junk for lack of a better word it'll keep mm -hmm. out the 20 and 30 dollar cards but it would still allow a 700 dollar card a 600 dollar card where hey i have a 400 dollar card sitting around that i know is like worth you know whatever 400 450 when it's graded that i'm not necessarily gonna spend 100 dollars because what if it comes back in nine and then i just wasted 100 bucks and i lost a little value or whatever so you want to get that sweet spot which i think will end up being 50 or 75 they're not there yet i hope at some point over the next year or two, we will get to that that clear cut point where there are the different tiers and there will be kind of that. 50. And still, that's not an approachable place for everyone. But, you know, hey, if you're an average collector that's able to get, you know, get lucky and hit like one or two big cards a year, you can gonna afford to go grade that. So I think that's where we want to be for now. I think this is a good step forward. PSA is still very much king. I know, um, you know, SGC is taking a big step up, you know, in their um, 
kind of, you know, hiatus for, for lack of a better word of, of sure. having most cards come in, but PSA is still on another level of their own. Um, I still like BGS a lot for like Bowman first autos and a lot of first autographs, but I think PSA, you know, is so clearly uh, the king here that I'm glad that they have that back open. Um, I haven't put in a submission in, in a while. I'm probably going to do one soon. Um, I have a lot of Burrow I want to get graded. We'll talk about him in a second. I have a lot of F1 stuff I want to get graded. Um, so now, you know, it's a little bit more approachable for, for someone like me as well. Yeah, let's just jump in there because I think the the interesting stuff, at least from the sports perspective, is so many now as we're we're kind of heading into the playoffs in the NFL here. Uh, NBA is ramping up. I know a lot of a lot of young guys are taking leaps this season as well, uh, namely Ja Morant, who went off oh, yeah. again tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, but the story I think is in the NFL with all of these young quarterbacks taking a step, making a name for themselves, and making a playoff push. You know, this this early in their career, we've seen it from Joe Burrow over the last couple of weeks, putting up absolutely absurd numbers. We are, you know, we obviously know what's there was Justin Herbert, Mac Jones for for all of his flaws uh, and lack of lack of downfield prowess. He's obviously in the mix as well with Belichick and Josh McDaniels at the helm. Jalen Hurts uh, out of nowhere made a playoff push. They're locked. Uh, to make the playoffs. We've got Disgusting. Trey Lance, who might even make a start in the playoffs. The 49ers make it, and Jimmy G isn't back. It's just crazy how many young, exciting, talented quarterbacks there are in the league. With that said, we want to we want to talk football today to kind of catch everyone up where we believe we're at with the hobby. Uh, I don't think there's any better way to do this. We've, we've talked about it a lot. We've done a lot of drafts on this show than just hopping in one of these underdog best ball drafts. Um, basically what they are, you draft through the playoff, and you're trying to advance to the Super Bowl where the, the top heavy um, payouts are. And in order to do so, you've got to kind of, you got to kind of marry this game theory with which team you think makes the playoffs, but also having enough points to advance you there. So I think through this discussion, we can kind of talk about each team, each quarterback, some of these skill position players that also have uh, a lot of hobby interests. So I'm going to hop in here. I'm going to share my screen. Hopefully this awesome. thing doesn't fill up too fast while I'm doing that. You've got some, uh, Something that yeah. you want to talk well, about let's, too. Let's let's just talk about the main guy. I think that's probably taken the biggest leap since we've last been on. And and sh- you know, shout out to me. Uh, talked about investing on him in him all off season. Talked about you know staying standing pat until the right moment in the regular season for selling or or you know at least offloading some of my stuff. And uh, you know, I, I looked like a fool when I said, hey, uh, I thought you know maybe they can make a run, and we were like, oh, they have a tough schedule. Turns out. Doesn't matter for one Joe Burrow last year's first overall pick. Let me get Cody's uh, screen up here. Um, and we're already and we're filled, so don't don't feel like you got to rush this. But we're full no, here, no, so no, we're no, gonna I start drafting you. soon. All I want to say is Joe Burrow, uh, Joey B. Yeah, what, a, what a freaking beast, man! <laughs> and like just quickly, um, you know, I'll show mine real quick. You see his his card is his uh, PSA ten base still climbing, only twenty two hundred pop, but up literally eighty four percent over the last two weeks, and for good reason. Um, you know, just just what he's doing has that Bengals team in position um, to possibly get in the top two seed, right? What are they sitting at the three right now? Yep. Um, you know, just uh, beat the Chiefs this past weekend, coming off two all-time performances. The sky's the limit for, for Joey B. I'm really excited about his future. Yeah, and he's stacked up with with skill position players, which is incredible. I hope they continue to address the offensive line, address the defense, but I think this team is set up to succeed. Uh, I don't know how how I feel about Zach Taylor being kind of the coach of the year favorite at this point. He's had his ups yeah. and downs uh, with Joe Burrow under center, but you know, if, if the media thinks it, uh, then then maybe it, maybe it can come true as yep. we're going to come up on the clock here. I want to mention just kind of strategy-wise, if you guys yep. are hopping in these, which I think you should, you yeah, really want right. to try and stack up um, 
and this is all dependent on who you think is going to make the Super Bowl, who you're building around to make the Super Bowl. But I think we're in an interesting spot here. Yeah. Uh, I love the Bills. I don't know how you feel about the Bills. Yeah, I, I love think the Bills we can to make grab run, digs yep. here. And then on the on the wraparound, we can kind of complete Josh. that stack or the start of that stack with Josh yep. Allen if he survives. So, 100% in for that. Um, this is good because the Bills will not have a first round buy. So we know that we'll be accumulating those points for the first round. And just as importantly as kind of kind of getting that stud and Diggs and, and Allen, obviously, there's some guys at the back end of this draft with Beasley, with Gabe Davis, with uh, Dawson Knox, Devin Singletary. We can kind of close out this stack uh, in a variety of ways. So I think this is an interesting way to start as long as Josh Allen makes it back. Right. To us. It's a tough it's a tough balance to strike. You're looking for, you know, getting out of that first week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but if you do think the teams with the one seed have the best chance and go ahead yeah. and grab, grab Allen there. Yeah. Um, you know, you want to make sure that you have exposure to those two. So I think the Bills are a perfect example. We saw them, you know, have really have a statement win against New England a couple of weeks ago after, you know, that crazy weather game in which, you know, New England just ran the ball down their throats. I think they're ready to make some noise in this playoffs. Josh Allen is is locked and loaded. Um, and, you know, I'm definitely bullish on the Bills here. Uh, still very bullish on Josh Allen's card market too, man. Like, I've spoken about this as well. You know, there were times where he was down a little bit this season. Um, still just so, so, uh, such a believer in his talent where you know i think any of his stuff as a, an investment piece is is totally cool um you know we still see the josh allen pace psa 10 from 2018 to pop of around 1200 is valued at 520 right now that's still down from a peak of over a thousand dollars i like that a lot it's up over the last two weeks as he's kind of you know reestablished his bills team as a contender but still i think a very affordable price at 500 for uh you know who i think is one of the top five talent quarterbacks in the league yeah, and his his silver select stuff graded PSA ten. That's field level silver PSA ten pop of one forty three. That's up twenty five percent. Just a couple of sales over the last month. But I think you're starting to see this run on quarterbacks. Uh, maybe some skill position skill position players even that uh, might have a shot at a Super Bowl. Might have a shot at solidifying you know some long term legitimacy in the hobby. And there's going to be a lot of names that are that are in contention for that. Joe Burrow being one, as we just talked about. Josh Allen being another. And then a lot of these young bucks that could solidify themselves with a deep playoff run. Um, you know, we've got Dak in there as well on the Dallas side as we're back up on the clock here. Yep. Um, so we know that our our projected AFC team to make the Super Bowl in this draft is going to be the Bills. Yep. So we really don't need to stack up or even consider too many AFC, AFC. options now. Um, we will likely be getting Singletary if we can get there. Do you have a, a favorite from the NFC? Yeah, maybe side? you go Amari and then try to get. I mean, I, we don't love doing the two quarterbacks necessarily, but uh, you know, I think that's a, a possibility. Dallas can make some noise. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Dallas is also pretty easy to stack up with Dalton Schultz at the back end, with Tony Pollard at the back end. So I, I like this one here. Yeah, Pollard really fits. falls in these things too. I did one last night. I was shocked to see him go so so late too. So. Yeah, and I think we can we can either do the double quarterback thing or we can we can potentially take a shot here on an Aaron Jones and then maybe get a Marcus Valdez Scantling late. I think that's um, probably the move. Like let's yeah. let's kind of hedge our NFC bet. Um, right. You know, hopefully Amari can get us through that first round from an NFC perspective. We'll grab another NFC running back later, maybe, and um, you know, go from there. And the interesting thing about this too, obviously, we're going to be dealing with the buy from the Packers, but we just have one running back spot to fill. You know, so if we can get there with Singletary or Pollard or, you know, maybe another guy for one week, then we feel pretty good about that. We'll be drafting yeah, some that's of these skill position what, players What's your late. approach on, on running back? As I know a lot of the sharp people like Herzig and, every, you know, are talking about you don't need more than, what, three really yeah, in these drafts? I'm, I will say most of my drafts have been like one, three, six. I'm drafting one quarterback, assuming he's not going to have a buy. Uh, you know, I don't think that too many quarterbacks are even going to outscore Josh Allen on any given right. week or would be projected to. 
Um, and then three running backs, assuming that I've got at least two that don't have a buy, you know, you want to, you're, you're going to want your highest score there. And then, yeah, just stacking up these wide receivers that could really yeah. pop off uh, and fill a flex position as well. Yeah, so, so I'm usually like, a, like one, three, six. So similar microcosm to the main, you know, season yeah, long. We're exactly like two, two, five, and then the rest on, on the wide receiver tight end or wide receivers and, and uh, you know, like one or two tight ends. Um, here, obviously, wide receiver tight end are combined, which make things, you know, more interesting. Uh, yeah, basically, if you do a big enough sample size of these, right, you might think, oh, you only have one quarterback and, and you know, I'm good with whatever you want to do here. Yeah. Um, so I think we take, um, Singletary, just to make sure we close out that stack. If if Zeke comes back, I kind of like that. It fits with yeah, ADP I, as well. He's kind of a I value. Um, but, you know, if he doesn't come back, I don't feel too bad about that, just in the sense that we're going to have a shot at Pollard later too. So yep, we'll take sure. Singletary. We've got our three bills now. Um, and then we'll also want to be thinking later on probably about another NFC team. Um, and that's a, a, another thing too where I'm going like 4-2-2-2. Okay. Um, so I've usually got like four from one conference mm-hmm. and then two, 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 two from two, the two. other. Yeah, right. So basically what I was about to say is though, and, and yeah, take, take who, uh, should, do I guess we need a, should take a pass catcher here? Yeah. So I think the other teams that we would be considering here, because we'll, we'll, we'll we can go Knox here. Yeah. You want to just close that out? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Because we're going to have some options as you'll see San Francisco is falling in these drafts now as they basically have to win to get in. Um, so you'll see San Francisco guys fall. So we maybe have a shot at Kittle later, Elijah Mitchell later, um, even Which Brandon is shot at the end. And obviously we're, we're doing right. this before week 18. You'll probably hear this right before week 18 starts. You know, it's who knows what's going to happen, uh, with that, but, um, you know, it's could be worthy, worth a, a worthy shot where if they make it in their ADP is going to fly, um, exactly. you know, so getting them now. Um, and then what I was going to say is, you know, you do a big enough sample size of these drafts. Like you think, oh, you only have one quarterback, you only have one Josh Allen. The idea is you will eventually be represented on all the teams that you think can get can get there, right? So right. we're not telling you to go put a ton of money in these things, although <laughs> Underdog is a great friend. But it's a great way to kind of talk about where current things where, where things currently stand. By the way, I love Singletary as this kind of fits into my exact thesis as a DFS player, which I am very big into stacking running backs with quarterbacks, where I think a lot of people yes. uh, shy away from that. Um, so Singletary to me, per, especially with him kind of having full command of that backfield right now, really fits into what we're doing with Josh Allen. This won't fit with this draft, but I do. I think it's an interesting discussion as Joe Burrow just goes off the board. We obviously talked about him, the darling of the hobby before the kind of the last couple of weeks with Joe Burrow really coming on and those pass catchers that they have in Cincinnati was Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. It's been up and down for them lately. I mean, they lost to Houston, their win and get in against the Raiders, which just seems asinine given the season that yeah. the Raiders have had. But, um, where, where are we at? from a hobby perspective on someone like Justin Herbert, who, who is going to go really late in this draft. So Burrow's catching up to Herbert from a hobby perspective. Like if you yeah. look at their N- like NT RPA type stuff, I think, you know, if you, you can catch any of that graded in a nine, five or 10, I think Herbert's are going for like 40 K and our Burrow's are up to like high thirties. So it's, it's not that much of a gap here anymore. And I think it's, I think it's right. I think Burrow is the better in game quarterback right now. Now Herbert has more talent. There's just no direct, like he's got the bigger arm. He's got more flash. Um, you know, we've I, got I a lot want- of options here. Yeah, uh, we can close out a Dallas stack by taking Pollard, which I think makes sense to kind of finish out the running back position. And then we can come back with uh, Valdez Scantling to close yeah, out. If whoever you think is going to be a better chance of making it to the next pick, which is only two picks in between. I think those are the two guys to get here, given that we have Cooper and given that we have um, uh, Jones. Yeah, theoretically, I should have looked at this team. Uh, yeah, he probably wanted Pollard there. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but I don't think that he's going to take Valdez Scantling with having no. an NFC quarterback and an NFC stack already going. So yep, makes sense. Perfect. Okay. So there I think go. we go Valdez Scantling. We close out Definitely. the Packers side, and then we're just drafting somebody late. Maybe Kittle continues to slide. Maybe people are really worried about San Francisco not making it. Yep. Um, so I think we take Valdez Scantling here. Late enough in the draft that I don't think we've locked up too much draft capital on like 
uh, high-end Packers guys. Obviously, Jones was kind of a, a top pick, but we got him after ADP. So we are hoping that uh, you know this team, this team is obviously strong enough to sneak these guys through if the Packers end up making it. Yeah. Um, which I think it is. I think it is. And then we'll yeah. see what happens here with this let's, last let's, NFC. Let's team. talk about let's talk about the Packers for a second because Aaron Rodgers Ooh, on the yeah. on the brink of winning a back-to-back MVP at age what 38? Mm-hmm. Crazy. Um, Crazy. Really, really amazing. You know, takeoff is off off the field stuff. Like, <laughs> you know, who would have thought he may be hitting his peak as a player after people thought he was done like three years ago, or like yeah. at least on deep on a decline, you know? Um, you know, I've always been bullish on his tops chrome stuff. Um, you know, his base. PSA 10, there's only 240 of them. And Topps Chrome is a $5,000 card. Um, haven't been many sales over the last couple months for good reason. Why would you sell that? Um, but, you know, I think any of his stuff from his rookie early on season, Topps Chrome, X-Fractors, Refractors, Black Refractors, anything like that, um, even his paper tops from 05, I think, again, I think all that is just great investment pieces. Um, and if you have it, with the Packers about to have another one seed, you know, they've been in this position a bunch of times, a lot of NFC championships you know, over this run, um, you know, with McCarthy and, um, you know, now over, over the last couple of years as well. Why am I blanking on their freaking coach's name? Um, LaFleur, <laughs> of course, uh, with Matt LaFleur. So, um, you know, th- I, is this the year? I think this is as good of a year as any um, for them to get to the, the, the mountaintop again. Um, you know, we've talked about the parody in the league. They're, they're really a very, very complete team. Um, yeah, I, I'm bullish on the Packers, man. And I'm bullish on Aaron Rodgers. Stuff. I also think you could see, uh, you know, listen, if Devontae Adams, A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones have big playoff moments, you know, the, you you the, the, their cards will reflect value. It's not going to be at the same level of Rodgers or these quarterbacks, but they will reflect that value. So, right. Uh, that's that's another interesting point as we come back on the clock here because I, I do want to talk about a couple of skill position skill position players um, that I think might have some value. So we're looking for uh, an NFC team here. We have obviously got Elijah Mitchell, who would be the feature back in San Francisco if they were to make it. We could also get Ayuk super late. We have yep. the option at like an Ertz plus Chase Edmonds type of thing there too. I kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, what I do think you I think I prefer I think I prefer the Cardinals side here. Um, right. Who knows what what may happen uh, there? And I think for the weeks that Ertz does play. Very clearly with Hopkins out, the, the uh, Kyler Murray's favorite target right now. Yeah, and thinking about that, we've actually got running back, I think, locked up. How how good do you feel about our running backs versus our skill position, our, our wide receivers and tight ends here? Would you want to go to uh, maybe a, a Arizona pass catcher further down the road, or would you prefer Edmonds there and just, just go for running back since we've got pretty high draft capital with Aaron Jones, who's not going to play week one? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty good with uh, four running backs there. Cool. Um, you know, Pollard obviously presents a little bit of risk, and our other uh, running back is also AFC. So, you know, could probably make some sense to 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 go to Edmonds, especially with Ertz. Beautiful. I think this this draft kind of came together uh, as good as I've seen any of these drafts come together. It, it can be frustrating at times if you guys are hopping in these uh, as you're playing, thinking through playoff scenarios and, and thinking through the card markets as well. If you're playing these, they, they can get frustrating because you'll get sniped on stacks uh, way outside of ADP that you think might be available to you and it just doesn't come to fruition. Yeah. Everyone's uh, trying to be, make their team fit, you know? Exactly. So it's like it, the ADP could be a little all over the place for sure. Yeah, so I think it's it's interesting. I, I mentioned those skill position guys. Uh, Jamar Chase, man, I mean, there's not a lot of NFL product coming out right now, and we can talk about that too in a second with some product releases. But 
Jamar Chase's stuff is going to be nuts when it comes out, right? I mean, this guy is putting up Justin Jefferson-like numbers and then some just posted. Uh, what, did he get 300 yards, almost 300 yards, and three touchdowns? I mean, an unbelievable performance that he put just on. Just an unbelievable performance. I think it's, it's uh, you know, absolutely crazy with what he's doing. Do you have any takes on some, some skill position guys on the younger end that you have any interest in? Uh, yeah, I mean, Chase is is certainly one of them. I, I mean, the guy's amazing. Um, he really is. So they just came out with Panini Impeccable a couple weeks ago or like a week or so ago. That's one of those products I really like a lot. Um, it's this. Actually, I've shown this card before. I just happened to have it right here. Where like they have the um, oh, yeah. helmet helmet and jersey rookie patch on card rookie patch autographs. Um, really, really nice stuff. First like kind of high-end release product of the year. Uh, they had Spectre come out as well, which I'm, I'm definitely more bullish on Impeccable. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking right now. They won Jamar Chase of that card out of 35, sold for $450, which for a receiver RPA, very, very nice price. Uh, I, I think I, I think he's a, a special talent. I, you know, I'm really interested in what he's got going on. Um, but, you know, a lot of young, good skill position players in the league. We talked about, you know, Justin Jefferson. A shame we won't see him in the playoffs. But, you know, even not as young, like Cooper Cup is is having an all-time season, right? Like, and I think these guys are guys that uh, should and and could have value. Yeah, Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor, these are kind of the, the offensive player of the year type of candidates. I, I think if you see any of these guys make a run along with their team, along with the quarterback, obviously they're going to see an increase in value, but you're going to see these skill position players pop too. Um, Diggs, you know, kind of up and down with him this season it's crazy just with the expectations that we have for Diggs as as a fantasy asset at this point in his career that we kind of consider this season up and down as good as it's been in total um but you know if 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 the Bills do make a Super Bowl run as we're kind of projecting with this team then then Diggs's stuff is absolutely going to pop as well Definitely. we Definitely. we talked about the young bucks Herbert and Burrow uh maybe we get a Trey Lance start if the if the 49ers make it Mac Jones um who I don't think even was drafted in this draft, what about some of the guys that aren't uh, first and second year guys, but some of these guys that are still young enough that, that they've got some establishing to do with their careers, with their legacies. Kyler Murray, who's been very up and down of late. Dak Prescott, who has been more up than down of late, but is kind of in that same boat uh, offensively as the Cowboys have had their fair share of struggles in the back half of the season. Uh, do you think any of these guys, obviously, if they make a Super Bowl run, sure. But do you think either of those guys can can kind of solidify themselves as one of the hobby's darlings through throughout the playoffs? Yeah, you know, this is the time where if you have conviction on a team that you really think can make a run, especially this year where, like, there's no clear-cut favorite, um, that this is the time to, to pounce, you know, week 17, week 18, right before this stuff starts. Because, you know, if you have one of these teams make a – for lack of a better example in my head, a, a New York Giants type of run where you're coming in as a four yeah. or a five seed um, and, you know, you make a run, which this might be the year that you could do it. Um, you know, listen, Kyler Murray, I, I don't believe in his health long-term, but we've seen the Cardinals be one of the most dominant teams in the league, uh, you know, for portions of the season, especially towards the beginning of the year. And who knows, maybe they can get hot once again. Um, if you see them go on a run and that guy just snags a Super Bowl out of nowhere, you know, even if you don't think his ability to stay healthy is, you know, he, he just went from being one of the best young quarterbacks in the league to being a Super Bowl champion. Of course, that could be Dak has the Dallas thing. I think Dak's actually probably more durable than than uh, Kyler is. You know, Dak's injury was a little bit more of a freak one. Um, you know, we the, the Dak's talent is unquestioned. I think Dallas is set up really well for long-term success, as much as it pains me to say it. Um, and, you know, yeah, so I, I think both of those guys, Dak particularly would be the one I'd be looking at of those two of those two examples, have a chance to both make a run A and see a lot more of a hobby hike uh, because of it. 
I love it. This this was a lot of fun, man. I, the the playoffs this year, uh, I think they're going to be incredible. I, we've got so many good young names, so much talent, and then obviously the entrenched veterans uh, likely to duke it out in an NFC championship game, most likely with Brady again, with everything going on in Tampa Bay uh, and Rodgers. It, it's going to be a ton of fun. I can't wait to see how this thing all shakes out. And, you know, any of these teams that make the playoffs, it's easy to say, but I wouldn't be shocked if any of them ultimately make I'll it. Give, so, can I give you some cells just to be a little negative? Just so at least just, yeah, just we, in, we don't do enough of that on the podcast, honestly. So, 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 so give me some sales. Here's the playoff picture, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So here's my thoughts on Herbert right now. If you need to, if you're like thinking about selling Herbert or, or, or whatever, if they win this weekend, they're winning, they're in the playoffs. I sell right before his first playoff game. So like, I think, you know, if you need to sell, right. Sure. So like I, his market is staying very strong. There's going to be a lot of anticipation for guys like him and Burrow. And this kind of holds true for any of these guys. Who you think, I think the same trolls true for Jalen Hurts in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyler, if you don't think those, you know, they're, they're going to make a big run. Um, even Jonathan Taylor, like I think I sold his stuff way too. Or I sold a bunch of Jonathan Taylor, like RPAs and rookies uh, at the beginning of the season when he started off too good. And I, if I just held till he was like in the MVP conversation, I would have made a couple more bucks. But I think it's you, you wait to see how this week shakes out. And if, if these young guys who have really hot hobby names are guaranteed a playoff game, sell right up leading up to that Sunday because that's when people do try to get in on these guys. So you're going to see a little natural increase of the anticipation. Now, could they go out and have a game of their life and you regret it? Of course. But you also then might be looking at a six-month period where you can't sell these guys at all. So that's kind of my approach if you're looking to sell. So, you know, I don't see the Chargers. The Chargers have been way too up and down, way too underachieving for me to think they can make a real run in the playoffs. So, yeah. you know, that that's a team where – you know, I'll be looking to, you know, maybe move some stuff. Um, if the Niners get in, unfortunately, I think, I mean, never doubt Shanahan and he plays, you know, he plays <laughs> to his competition and everything like that. But, uh, you know, that's a team that probably I'd be looking at, at something similar. Uh, I just talked about the, how I feel about the Cardinals and like, maybe they can't make it wrong, but I, I feel pretty similarly about the position they're in and hurts too. I mean, I think hurts has a market just based off, like he's got flash. He's kind of keeps them illegals yeah. in a lot of these games, but you know, this, who knows if he'll ever see another playoff game again, right? Or what his real future is. I think the, the, the jury's still really out on him. So um, that's really my approach. And then, you know, Burrow, like someone like him, which let's talk about him just for, just to put a bow on the NFL mm-hmm. conversation. Um, you know, I think you could approach it in a couple different ways. Like, do you think the Bengals can win playoff games? Sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I don't, I don't know if they've got a Super Bowl run in them. Uh, no. I think that I think that the team has an offensive ceiling, but I don't know that they they have a, a legitimate Super Bowl run in them. So yeah, I agree. I don't know if the offensive line is good enough. Um, yeah. And just in general, they might be a little bit too young, uh, I think, to kind of get past some of these big dogs. But hey, man, as long as he's keeping this thing going, yeah. um, you know, maybe use your conviction there. But uh, I, I want to give away some Joe Burrow cards, Cody, because let's go. You know, let's go. There, there's we've been off for a month um and you know no one has increased his stock both on the field and off the field and in the card market and uh eventually in the nft market when nfl all day hits hits the uh the the streets for for good um then then joe burrow and it's been a joy to see because you know i, I like when i hit on a couple of my investment offseason investments one but two i just love the guy and i think he's got it yeah I think he's got the goods um so i got a little burrow lot for you here um i got a, a prism base rookie, which by the way, it looks like it's in pretty good condition. If these grade out there, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not, nothing to, to, to scoff at, um, a, a mosaic, uh, mosaic prism rookie, uh, as well as two mosaic base rookies, one day NFL debut and one regular, uh, so four borough rookie cards. I want to give out to, to a listener. Beautiful. Um, I'm not giving you any real criteria. We've tried kind of getting our numbers up. Here's all I ask. We're going to give this card away, uh, next week. As long as we see some sort of movement, 
on our podcast, whether that's just tweeting out about the show, tell a friend, um, just leave us a review, a couple more likes. You know, we see an uptick in downloads, whatever it is. If we see some sort of movement over this next week before next show, we're giving those four cards away. Uh, you know, we know the criteria. If you've left a review, uh, you are in the running to win those cards. Um, so, you know, whatever it may be, if you either leave a review or you tweet at us, we'll, we'll get you in there as well. Um, but yeah, tell a friend, tweet it out, spread the love because we have a lot of fun things coming in 2022. Uh, we're going to get some fun guests up on the horizon. We have a lot of NFL, NBA talk for you guys. I think we're really uniquely positioned. There's a lot of card podcasts out there while I get mm -hmm. on my little soapbox. Uh, there's a lot of card podcasts out there, uh, but you're, you're not going to get too many from two guys that are A, very entrenched in the hobby, you're going to get that from everyone, but mm -hmm. be from true like fantasy analysts, which really at the end of the day, um, that's what drives this market. The same yes. people that are, that are, that are exciting for fantasy sports that are exciting for sports center and for highlights are exciting for the card market. And we can actually break it down from you from two guys that get paid to do it, um, and do it every week. Uh, and you know, a lot of other people are just talking about it from a card perspective. We want to do that too. We can actually bring you uh, real insight into these guys on the field and on the court performance. You know, I'm grinding my ass off every day with NBA. Um, Cody's, you know, freaking in the weeds talking <laughs> about, God, uh, Sean Mannion um, on, on Sunday Night Footballs. I, I promise you there's no card podcast out there that actually knows more about these sports than we do. Uh, so, you know, gear up. We have a lot of fun stuff coming for the year. So just show us some love. I'll give away those four Burrow cards and uh, a lot more fun stuff coming in the new year. I love Cody. it. I love it. I'm glad I gave you that chance to get on your soapbox because that was that was great. And that's the reason why we started this thing. We think that we can bring some value to the card market just by talking about these things from a fantasy perspective, which which is what we're really trying to do from an on-field and on-court perspective. As you mentioned, you're grinding your absolute face off with NBA. I can't believe uh, the success that you guys have had, how well you're doing, uh, how well you're doing personally, uh, as much as you are for the ETR subscribers and for the ETR team. Why don't we kick it over to some NBA? I haven't been been given nearly enough time in my life to focus on NBA, so I'm going to see the floor to you once again. Uh, anything from an NBA perspective that you would love to talk about? Yeah, well, I mean, just crazy, crazy times with uh, the COVID protocols in the NBA. Yeah. We're hoping that it's finally coming to an end. Basically, people have just been getting pulled off the street. Um, guys that probably thought they would never appear in an NBA game that have had most of their careers overseas or career G-leaguers and guys that haven't played NBA games in five or six years, like uh, Joe Johnson and Greg Monroe, <laughs> um, because teams are that desperate for bodies. Um, but I think we're starting to see it come, come around, you know, teams are clearing protocols. It's kind of almost everyone has gotten Omicron at this point. And, yeah. uh, I think we're going to reach herd immunity in the NBA, uh, <laughs> before we do in, uh, actual society. But, um, yeah, NBA has been fun regardless and uh, a lot of going on. I'm actually, I got this Lakers Kings game on right now. I, I would like a little bit more from your boy LeBron tonight, who uh, I went over the field on in, uh, in DFS. And I thought, um, you know, it would be a good thing, but LeBron is, is a good place to start because uh, over the last week and a half or so, the Lakers have been playing LeBron at James at center. They finally yeah. realized that you cannot play a true traditional big man center when you have Russell Westbrook as your point guard. And they decided, Hey, let's throw LeBron there. And it, um, you know, it, it is bared fruit, man. Like he has been dominant over the last week uh, from a statistical perspective, from an encore perspective. Uh, it's so funny. I just think it, it comes full circle. Like if you remember when LeBron first came out as a rookie when I was 11, um, and I remember this very well, actually do, they were talking about, hey, LeBron's our, John, LeBron James is our starting point guard. Came out, and we've seen LeBron play point guard, obviously, a lot throughout his career, but that was how he started his career. He was like advertised as a, a point guard to start his rookie, and now we're at the end of his career, and he's starting center every <laughs> night for the Lakers. Uh, all, all, I, I say all this to say, 
Um, listen, the Lakers are a little bit disappointing. You know, I think as long as they get into the playoffs, they have as good of a chance as anyone in the West. But um, LeBron James is still LeBron James. And, um, you know, I, I think his cards uh, are, are still as safe of a, an investment as, as you can uh, possibly make. Yeah, I mean, we've seen, you know, kind of winter hit the sports card hobby. LeBron James was was not immune to that. His 2003 Topps Chrome, that iconic Topps Chrome card in a PSA 10 really suffered. That thing got wrecked. Uh, it's nice to see some leveling uh, just over the last couple of weeks, last month. It's back up about 3%. I think you'll see that thing level off. I mean, there's not much, obviously, anything LeBron really needs to do to no. enhance his legacy. He is where he is. Uh, obviously, a playoff run with this version of Russell Westbrook. Uh, would be pretty insane, might add a little bit to his overall legacy. I don't know if the Lakers have that type of ceiling. As much as we talked about it this offseason, all of that uh, is coming home to roost because they they just don't have what it takes with Russell Westbrook on the court, as much as I hate to say that as a LeBron fan. Uh, but, yeah, no, it's it's good to see that, uh, that, you know, the top name in the hobby still uh, from a basketball perspective. Yeah. Is, we're seeing some a, leveling off there. He's a very good place to start when you talk, when you're having just a macro NBA conversation, yes. right? You could look at that tops Chrome. And I actually, I really, I'm happy to see where it is. And I've, I know I've said this before, like you, Oh, you, it's good to see this market correction, but now we have a bigger sample size. We're like eight months out from that bubble or whatever it was, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it, the peak, the bubble. I don't care. Um, it wasn't a bubble because this market's still so strong. Tops just bought for $500 million. Uh, so, so it wasn't a bubble, but, um, I think this 12 to 13 K that you're seeing that card out right now is exactly where it should be. It's a, yes. it's a pop of almost 20, 21, 2200. Um, it's not the Michael Jordan card, but I do think long-term, you know, that'll be anywhere from 12 to $20,000 for the foreseeable future. And that's probably where that card should be. It should have never gotten up close to 50 grand. Um, <laughs> no. You know, like, but you know, 12 grand, if I ever have, you know, say I win a 50 K GPP and I'm looking for an investment piece, uh, that is a great place for me to go. And I feel yeah. very comfortable spending $12,000 on that card. Um, and knowing that in 20 years, when I'm telling my grandkid or 25 years about LeBron James, that card will be worth more than $12,000. I feel very comfortable with that thought. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's a great place to start. You mentioned John Morant before. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I am somebody that has been heavily invested in John Morant. Just kind of that's when I got into the hobby and everything like that. But that guy, man, he better be making an all-star team. Like he's unbelievable. He's just unbelievable. Like puts the, him and Trey Young both like these little guards just dominating the league right now. Trey went off for fifty four last night in a losing effort to Portland. But um, man, I both of them have silenced any kind of criticism I had. I don't care what kind of defensive players they are. They're like Iverson level good on offense yeah. right now. Uh, both of them. So those are two guys that I just am completely bullish on to have some opportunity to uh, continue making some noise. The Grizzlies particularly, um, they have Desmond Bain as a second-year player is really breaking out too. And like just really just a solid franchise and organization that puts up a fight. doesn't matter who their opponent is. 13 sales over the last two weeks for that uh, John Morant silver PSA 10 up to 1350, which I think is a good spot for that card right now. got a pop of been, 1246. So I've we're, been thinking we're... about... Um, just if I need the money to yeah. uh, the Tiger Stripe PSA 10. Yeah, I remember that thinking card. about giving it to an auction house. I have to like think about it a little bit more. Um, but I think for that particular car, because it's such a low pop, uh, it's like four or five, and it's just such a low, super, super short print. Um, I, I think the best approach might be giving it to uh, to an auction house. So if I do, I will document the journey here because I have not dove into those uh, fields yet, but I think it, it might be the best, uh, best place to go. That's a, a PSA 10, right? Do you have any any guesstimates on what you think that would pull? I mean, like I know what you would like, want it. What you would want to see it hit? When I got it back, I probably value, here. Uh, give me a second. I can tell you what I valued it at because I have a. Because I'm looking at a PSA nine um, that last sold on October 25th for 
3400 I would imagine that the premium on those going up from a 9 to a 10 when it's that short printed is, is pretty massive. Yeah, so uh, in the grand scheme of things, I um last January, which must have been when I got it back, so literally almost a year ago now, I valued it on my spreadsheet at eight thousand dollars. Um, yeah, I I do I would expect it to be in the five figures now, no doubt. No yeah, doubt for sure. It. So for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. It seems like a good time. Like like even for me, not being able to focus as much NBA as I want to right now with with football still in full force. Hopefully that uh, changes a little bit and I can shift my attention that way more. Um, but he's the guy that I'm seeing on my timeline. He's the guy that I'm seeing highlights of lately. He's the guy that I'm seeing putting up massive, massive numbers, right? So I think that this would be a good time or as good a time as any during the regular season to offload some of that position, especially if you need, you know, you want, want the little extra cash. Yeah, man. And like, I think he has like this Trey Young type upside just to kind of tie the two guys together of like, just the, the the TikTok highlight, you know, fly, high yeah, flying, yeah. Or like the ability for kids just to fall in love, right? Which kind of drives a lot of the hype for these guys, you know, a lot of highlights, like just a, a ability to stay um, in the conversation um, and on a winning team. And just like it has the ball, is not afraid to have the ball in his, in his hands in big moments. Um, you know, has a complete all around game. His, his shooting has gotten much better this year too. Uh, really excited about about his future and what he has to bring. And you think about you you kind of juxtapose that off of Zion Williamson, who has not touched the court this year. Every piece of news we get seemingly is bad on him as far as setbacks, foot, weight issues. You know, just the dysfunction of the New Orleans Pelicans in general. Um, really scary stuff for Zion. Um, you know, if you were to ask me, you know, put a gun to my head, am I buying or selling Zion right now? I'm buying because I just don't think you can sell based off what his peak has been. And I want to see him yeah. get back on the floor. Um, and I think I've said this on the podcast before, like even if he has a perpetual injury problem, you know, forever, I think there will be times he's back on the floor and showing that flash again. I mean, he was a top 15 player down the stretch last year. So, um, you know, I, I'm not ready to give up on him yet, but it is a scary opposite uh, position. And you look at just the guy who's the number over two overall pick is coming into a top 15 player just steadily in the league. So, um, exciting tough stuff for young players, man. I, I, I'm really excited about Anthony Edwards. Um, and, uh, you know, we were going to maybe, maybe rip a box of, uh, his rookie class prism on this, this pod, but, uh, I think we're running to an end here and it's a 24 pack. I got this prism retail sealed box here. Maybe we'll save it for next week. Um, that is, that is what we call in the industry a tease. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, come back. I, I, for... I'm not in any rush to open this. So, um, <laughs> You know, give us some love next week. And if we do, if you do and you give us the love and we'll give away the Joel Burrow cards, I will open this and give away a couple cards from this box next week. And if we don't pull anything great, I have an Anthony Edwards rookie just, just ready to give away if we don't pull an Anthony Edwards or Lamelo or anything like that. So, um, you know, this is uh, – I, I, I'm very bullish on this class, Lamelo Edwards. Um, and, you know, the class going right now, man, Evan Mobley, I can't wait for some of that stuff to come out. Oh, too. man. Next year's rookie class is going to be freaking awesome with Chet and uh, Ranchero yeah. and all those dudes. So. Just NBA is just, you know, if actually, you know, if anything that has been, you know, this, this uh, COVID influx of, of play, things has told us that there's a ton of guys that could play real NBA minutes yeah, out there right. and like do it pretty successfully. Like there's these guys, I mean, the uh, freaking Kiefer Sykes on the Pacers tonight started at point guard. He's a 28 year old rookie, been a career G League or European player, or whatever. Um, he put up like, he put up 36 DraftKings points tonight, like pretty steadily at 35. Like he, he held his own as a starting point guard in 30 plus minutes in the NBA. Yeah, talent of ta basketball talent out there is really amazing. So, um, NFL is about to wind out. If you're not an NBA person, I get it. There's a lot of, you know, boomers out there, my dad included, that's saying, oh, it's not the same product there used to be. No one yeah. plays defense anymore. Yada, yada. It's all bullshit. The NBA is a ton of fun. Go out there and watch it. Uh, once, if you're a football person only, give it a try when, when football season winds down. I know I'm ranting a lot to the Cody. It's what, what other way to come back than me ranting? Cause that's seemingly what I, what I do.
this is perfect. We got, we got F1, we've got NBA reigns, we've got another underdog draft, which we, we're just going to seemingly do underdog drafts. We're through the the <laughs> yeah, we've played all the hits, which is, this is why we should be getting those numbers up. So again, yeah. as Gary mentioned, appreciate you guys showing us some love. Um, and NFL is winding down for me. I It's been it's been a crazy year, uh, not dealing with near as much COVID stuff in the NFL, but still dealing with, dealing with some crazy COVID stuff. I really want to make um, the social media account, make this podcast a focus in the NFL offseason. Um, Gary and NBA will be winding down as well. So we'll have, uh, you know, full hands on deck, really trying to grow out this brand, this podcast, trying to help people make better collecting decisions. And honestly, you know, we went through those couple of months where the bubble, the the peak, whatever you want to call it, we're down from that. Some of these cards that were unattain- unattain- unattainable for even a guy like myself are are more attainable now. So I think if, if you have been looking for a reason to get involved and you haven't yet or want to get more involved, I think this is still a great time to do so. And some of these some of these cards that you wanted to get your hands on six months ago, eight eight months ago, they're cheaper now. And, yeah. and theoretically, if you're doing the right things, if you're following Gary's advice, if you're if you're paying attention to the right things in the hobby uh, and on field performance and things like that, then you're going to be making better collecting decisions. And hopefully, hopefully, don't get wrecked. Um, you know, like like some people did over the last couple of months with with some of the base stuff and and some players who were um, just just fringe NFL NBA talents and things like that. So. I uh, definitely think this is uh, as good a time as any to to start getting involved if you've been waiting on the sidelines. I totally agree. Um, NFTs, you know, we'll, we'll be talking about a lot of that too, but I got to give Panini credit. Like they've been doing a decent job just keeping that at the forefront, releasing a lot of packs. Yeah. So they're, they're involved. And then obviously we have Top Shot and NFL all day, um, you know, coming and, and uh, you know, there's gonna be a lot more of that. We're gonna try to have some guests on that might be able to talk about some other NFT projects as well that Cody and I are not uh, as well versed in, but obviously, you know, the stuff going on at OpenSea and all those NFT projects are, are crazy too. And we, we don't want to ignore that. It's part of the collectible space for sure. So uh, a lot of great stuff. And just should say, if you're not checking out all the other things we're doing at ETR, obviously Cody's been, you know, releasing amazing articles multiple times a week with all the showdown stuff. If you, if you even dabble in NBA DFS, I, I just, I, I, I'm telling you, check out what we're doing at the NBA product. Cause we had shout out to Jeremy King, uh, a great ETR NBA subscriber yeah. last night, p- p- took down the hundred K GPP on NBA. Um, I came in 10th in the same tournament. Our projections are crushing right now. Um, you know, we're just hitting our stride. We're thriving on the chaos. So come on over, mm-hmm. check us out. If uh, you're, you're uh, you know, check out etr.com. And we established a run. We got a lot going on. So, uh, you know, very honored every day to, to wake up and be a part of such a great company. I have to ask this because it's been it's been a burning question since I'm seeing some of these names, like guys that I legitimately didn't even know existed are, are going on the COVID list, not just playing, but they've played and have now entered COVID protocols. Have you found yourself at any point in time cheering uh, or rooting for a lineup, or rooting for a player in a lineup that you've submitted that is climbing up GPP leaderboards and you don't know, didn't know going into the games who that player was or going into the day who that player was? Have you found going, yourself in that situation? Going into the day, absolutely. So especially, <laughs> I, I, so I took, I, I, as you guys all know, I just got married. I had a honeymoon, all that. I, I took like two and a half weeks off. Um, I come back right amidst all these chaos. I, I, I enter my first shift. I'm looking at our, our spreadsheets where we do our minutes, projections, everything like that. There are, Every single team, there's a player I've never heard of. Every single team. I'm like, the literally the question of the day is like, who the F is this? I do not know. Um, <laughs> then, but you know, I quickly adjust. I have I had 35% key for Sykes tonight. He had 39.5 DraftKings points. He had 22 points, six assists, four rebounds. The guy, you know, listen, all these guys, they're they're great. Uh, good for them. Uh, you know, it's it's really amazing. By the way, your boy Malik Monk, we spoke about him. Yeah, uh, let's go. Going off, continue. He, by the way, getting 33 minutes a night. One of the few guys LeBron trusts on this team right yep. now. He's got 41.5 DraftKings points, 24 points, six threes tonight. Um, 
I wish I had more. Uh, but yeah, he's in my best lineup right now. So there you go, Malik Monk. Well, you've got a sweat. I can see it on your face. I can see you watching the TV. I can see you watching your phone. It's like Mate. it's like a mini sweat. It's like uh, it's like <laughs> which it's is like, a I mini sweat for for Gary Hartman. Is you know I I might make six figures tonight. <laughs> I might not. hardly hardly hardly. I'm trying to make like four figures if I'm lucky. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, actually at this point, I'm just trying to make as you know, trying to, trying to make even back on my night and anything better is, is, uh, is, is, you know, is, is extra. Yeah. You've got uh, a wife now. This is, this is no longer fun. This is no longer no. a hobby. The fiance, the girlfriend, you know, they can be as supportive as they want. You've got a wife now. So this, this is very serious business. The yeah. collectibles podcast, the collectibles industry is very serious business. So with that, she's amazing. Like she's like unknowingly, like, you know, I don't want to say trained herself, but like, she's like. I'm going to go out, get a drink, take a walk with friends tonight. I'll be back like right around seven, seven Oh five. Like, did she know that was locked time? Like maybe, <laughs> maybe not, but she's like, she's got it all figured out. <laughs> and, uh, it is, couldn't, couldn't it is a... nice to have supportive, uh, yeah. supportive girlfriends, wives, fiancés, whatever it yeah. may be. If you're, if you're doing any of this stuff, card oh, collecting, it's, it's card selling. I mean, Unbelievable. I, I come home, obviously I've mentioned my wife and I have three kids and it's like, Hey, can I take the kids while you update ownership projections on, you know, whatever <laughs> third string tied in Mo Ali Cox is now. I've projected for 60% of the targets. Yes, sure. Great. Please, please, please do so. So yes, Just congratulations to you. Any, any, any wife or girlfriend that understands the word ownership projection, good luck. And uh, <laughs> I hope you have the right one that, that, um, that is supportive because I know Cody and I do, we're lucky, uh, but it's, it's, it's not the easiest life, but you know, we're, we're lucky to have very supportive uh, wives. Congratulations to you on the marriage, the mini moon. I know there's a bigger honeymoon coming, but we're here yeah. for you guys. We're here now. Um, to get back into this thing and to really help you guys become better collectors. So we appreciate you for being here. We will be back next week, same time, same place. So like, subscribe, rate, review, whatever you've got to do. We'll be here for you week in and week out to help you with all of your collecting needs. So with that, for Gary, I'm Cody. We'll see you next week. Yeah, next week.